0: Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's the phrase that starts the passage we're going to be reading later on today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And I I just felt a sense of peace when I was rereading the passage this morning. And I just thought so many of us are going to be coming here now with troubled hearts. And so I just want to take a moment before I carry on just to invite the Spirit to come, Holy Spirit come right now, ease our troubled hearts, would your Spirit give us peace now, peace that passes understanding, would we just slowly feel the burdens of the day, of the week, of the year just lifting from our shoulders, Come soothe our hearts, Father God, by your spirit. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, you may hear that phrase and immediately think, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, that's easier said than done um, these days. I mean, uh, I don't know if this is the wisest idea, but my alarm clock is radio 4. So every day, I, uh, the alarm goes off at 6.30, and I don't do anything about it at that point. I just let the radio play for 10 to 30 minutes, depending on how tired I am. And, um, uh, it, you know, I get the Today Show playing as I wake up. And it might as well be called, Reasons for Your Heart to be Troubled, you know? The, the news is, is full of doom and gloom these days. and. Uh, you know between the kind of increasing severity of the second wave and the drama of american politics which does directly affect my family and the constant bickering between progressives and traditionalists and you know the kind of judgment that you might be feeling about people breaking the rules while you're also aware that you're going to be breaking the rules perhaps later this week and all of this is going on and it just piles on top of everything one on top of the other and Meanwhile, there's me thinking, I don't even really know what it means to be in tier three right now. I'm just trying to work that out. When can I see my friends and family again? But my message for you today, and and the Spirit spoke to me quite clearly about this, is not to let your hearts be troubled and actually to, to fix your eyes on Jesus, who is a point of stability amid all of the chaos. And I love that um, Ruth brought that word before about stability, uh, the, the rock that doesn't move. Um, it's just so good that God is wanting to reinforce that word right now. I, I had a, a, a season of life when I was really into those competition shows that were kind of like obstacle courses, you know, the ones with really over the top names like Ninja Warrior or um, there's one on Netflix called Ultimate Beastmaster. Um, I don't know why I found them such compulsive watching, but I really, I just had a time of life when I couldn't stop watching them. And on Ultimate Beastmaster, there was, <clears throat> there was a, an obstacle where you had all of these spinning platforms, and you had to jump between them, otherwise you'd fall into the, the water below. And the way that um, these athletes managed to do that is the moment they landed on a spinning platform, um, they would fix their eyes on one point ahead of them and then they would readjust their body as the, the ground beneath them spans so they could fix their eyes on that one point. And you know, dancers do the same thing when they're doing pirouettes and that kind of thing. They, you'll see them, they keep their eyes fixed on one point ahead of them. And on Ultimate Beastmaster, if you, if you lost that moment, if you lost that, like, that point of contact that you were looking at, the spinning platform would get you and you'd be thrown off or you'd fail to make your jump. And, I was reminded of this this morning, and I just felt like God's saying, make Jesus your fixed point. The ground beneath you may feel like it is turning. There may be a cause for dizziness. There is, you know, chaos all around us. But fix your eyes upon Jesus. Turn to him, look at him, and you will find your way through all of this. And so that I, I just feel like God wants to encourage you today. He, he is stable throughout all of this. He is solid. And we're going to look at one claim of Jesus who said, I, I am the way and the truth and the life. So we're reading from John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, who I just, I appreciate, he asked the questions that everyone else is a little too embarrassed to, to ask and Jesus is talking in slightly cryptic language here, and Thomas is the one who pipes up and says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Asking a clarifying question. I appreciate that. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So I want to look at why the world feels particularly chaotic at the moment, and it's actually not just about the virus, so that obviously plays a a huge part. Then I want to look at what Jesus offers in return. And so this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, actually holds the key to both of those things, because it was controversial then in the first century when it was seen as blasphemous, and it's controversial today in the 21st century because of its exclusivity. This is a, an exclusive claim that Jesus makes where he says, I am the only way to the Father. I'm the only way to eternal life, to, to belonging in this family of God. I'm the only way to restore your relationship with God. And that exclusive claim ruffles feathers today. Uh, and it, it, you know, anyone who says all religions are the same, well, Jesus says, no, it's, it's, it's me or it's nothing. And actually, The reason that's controversial is part of what leads to the world being in the mess that it is today. You see, we live in a, and I should caveat this by saying I I talk about the world, but that's just my slightly blinkered view. I'm really talking about sort of like 21st century Western culture here in Britain, Western Europe, America, that kind of thing. Obviously, things are totally different in other parts of the world. But right now, we're in a bit of a, bit of a mess, I would say. Um, and, it, and we live in a post-Christian society. Now, I heard that described really helpfully once as because we're post-Christian, we're a society that wants the good things that Christianity offers, but without Christ. We want all of the good stuff of Christianity, but we don't want Jesus. We reject this claim of exclusivity. But our society is so founded on, on Christian values, you know, our, our legal system, um, our code of ethics, you know, they, they have their origins in Christian thought. And so we want all of the good stuff that comes with it, but we don't want Jesus. And here Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And we say, no thanks, but can we still get all of the good stuff? So that's why I say it's not just the virus. Now obviously the virus is is a horrible thing and it's been a source of grief for so many people and it's exhausting trying to keep up with the changing restrictions. I had to cancel about four different family things and I still haven't seen my parents in 2020 and I'm sure there are many of you who are in a similar boat. It's it's tiring, it's bad. But actually what the virus has done is brought to light some much more deep-seated problems has brought them into sharp relief and shown some of the ugliness of our society. And so that's why 2020 has felt so much more chaotic than just a pandemic, because there's so much else going on in the news at the same time. And every time you log on to social media, it seems like there's some other fight going on. There's some other argument happening. And what's happened is people without Christ are trying to form new frameworks for how we understand the world. And we still want the stuff that Christianity has given us in the past, but we don't want Christ. But you can't have the stuff that Christianity has given us without Christ, because he's the way to all of that. And so without Christ, everyone is contending for their best version of what culture should look like, but missing the point entirely. And so that's why all of your friends are arguing all of the time. (laughs) You know, we, we, we have things like we, the, the rampant individualism that sweeps through the nation and affects everyone across the cultural spectrum. That actually, a lot of that has its origins in Christian teaching about humans being made in the image of God and being created to be known and to be loved and to be valued. And so a lot of that impulse is good. People should be valued. Individuals should be valued. But without Christ, who says you are made for a purpose, you are made to be known and loved by me, then we don't have a framework for that. Or, or if we think about truth, you know, uh, all of my non-Christian friends would say that truth is relative, that morality is relative, you know, that you kind of, you make your own truth. You may have heard a phrase like that. But actually that doesn't play out at all in the way that they live, because they act as if there are moral absolutes. There are are the good guys and there are the bad guys. And chances are, you might feel like you're one of the bad guys to them. And and so they say, oh yeah, it's all relative. But then their behavior suggests that actually, no, we know there is a need for some morality. And so they're trying to create a new morality, but they have no framework to do that. They don't have Christ as the example. They don't have um, Jesus, who taught so many wise things about how we should live. So they've discarded christ but they still know something of well there is a way to live but they're just struggling to find any definition for it and so they get into these fights all the time and we as christians can just feel like total outsiders in these battles that are going on we can look and just i don't know does anyone just get tired when you see another argument sprout up on your social media or in the news and someone else has been called out for saying something bad or you see your aunt arguing with your brother or something like that and it's, it's exhausting and it's because people are trying to create new frameworks for how to understand the world but without Christ who says I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And and 2020 has just made that so much more tiring because it's now just all happening online. In in person, these conversations are much more tolerable, but because we're not having many in-person conversations much, we're we're just seeing all of these fights play out online, and it's exhausting. And so if you're tired today and feeling out of place in this world and just unsure of where you stand, that's understandable because we do have a different way. But the good news is, we have a better way. That's why we can start the sermon by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Because Jesus offers a better way. He offers a firm truth. He offers life, and life to the full. And so, perhaps that little description of how we've got to where we're at has made you despair of it again, but that's not my intention. What I wanted to do is, yeah, explain, look, This is why we are where we are, but look up. Look up to Jesus. The ground beneath you may be turning, but keep your eyes on that fixed point. In your despair, look up. In your exhaustion, look up. In your anxiety, look up. See Jesus. See him there, that point of stability. He's offering you a place in his father's house. There's room for you there. He's saying, I've got a place for you here with me. I've made a way. You know, another promise of Jesus, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. That is a promise for all of you here today. Jesus is making that available to you and sometimes we just need to be reminded of that to find that anchor in the storm. So here's what Jesus offers, a real tangible alternative to the chaos of the world. He offers a way and by way it... it, he means both a route to the father it's only through him through accepting his sacrifice his love and forgiveness that we that we can be forgiven by god and have that place restored in god's family but i think he's also saying i am the ways and i'm the way of life that you should follow jesus offered the perfect model and you know he lived in chaotic times as well in his immediate friendship circle he had political enemies a jewish zealot and a roman tax collector they hated each other and yet he was the model of peace and calmness and love so jesus is the way we can read the stories about him in the bible and use that as a route map for how we should live he he did offend people uh, the romans and the religious authorities his mum and his brothers at one point but he never assumed himself higher than any of them, even though he was. He he treated them all with grace and love and compassion. He was a person of peace. He never descended into the bitterness of their arguments. Instead, he, he offered peace. He offered this better way. He pointed people towards the Father, towards love, towards grace. So we can look at Jesus and try and model ourselves on him. He, he lived in chaotic times, and yet he saw things with a heavenly, not an earthly perspective. And perhaps today what you need to do is just ask for some of that heavenly perspective on things. Maybe there's someone you're struggling to love right now. Ask for heaven's eyes to see that person. And he offers truth. He says, I am the truth. Jesus was the truth. He is the truth. And now, whether we like it or not, our perception of truth is shaped by the media that we consume. So if you're on social media a lot, your perception of truth will actually be shaped by um, the, the kind of posts that are short and snappy and sort of easily go viral. You know, like a, a, a takedown of the opposing side here or a kind of inspiring self-help quote there and they often lack nuance and they but they they get shared far and wide and bit by bit that is going to shape how you perceive truth but maybe you're sensible and you're not on social media all that much if you if you watch a lot of television your perception of truth is actually going to be shaped by the stories that are told there and the characters that you attach yourself to and the ideas that they represent now i'm not saying don't watch TV, or even don't go on social media. I'm saying, be conscious of where your perception of truth comes from. And in the Bible, we actually get the real deal. We get truth as it is. We get Jesus, the embodiment of truth. And so make sure that's what's shaping your ideas of truth, the real thing. Make sure that you are reading about Jesus, that you're experiencing intimacy with Jesus through prayer. Make sure that you are learning from his teaching and shaping yourself after the way he lived and you know if if you do want something short and snappy that's full of truth he had so many sayings how about something like do to others as you would have them do to you or let your yes be yes and your no be no or love your neighbor as yourself or love your enemies these are all short phrases yet they each carry with them real challenge and provocation and encouragement so just make sure that your perception of truth is shaped by the one who is truth and then he says I am the life and Jesus offers life to the full and what does life to the full look like at the moment well it's not some of the things that we used to think it was those things have been taken away from us and yet the promise of God For life to the full still stands. And I think it's two things. I think it's purpose and it's power. Life to the full with Jesus means receiving the power of the Holy Spirit each day to navigate the challenges that that day will hold. It means means having the living God at work within you through his Holy Spirit. That's what life to the full looks like. If you've never experienced that, Maybe ask God today or tomorrow morning, just say, God, give me your Holy Spirit today. I need you. And I think it's purpose as well. Our purpose hasn't changed in 2020. Our purpose is to know God and to be known by God, to love him and be loved in return, to grow in intimacy with him. That's still available. And our our purpose is to demonstrate that love of God To those around us and although that might have changed the people around you might have changed that purpose remains and you can still be the light and love of god to those around you and when you fully embrace and seek purpose and power that god can give you then i truly believe that you will still experience life to the full and all of your friends are going to want to know what that is because they've had the things that they've been pursuing for a fulfilling life taken away from them. No travel, no excitement, no pubs, no casual friendship. It's all been taken away. And you say, look, I I actually know someone who is the way, the truth, and the life. You can have life to the full, even now, even in 2020. So there's loads of different applications for this. It's about 50 people in the room. That's 50 different experiences of this year, 50 different stories. And so how you go from here to apply it will, will be different for each one of us. But, but maybe it looks like just withholding that barbed comment in an argument. Or maybe it looks like just spending a little bit more time in the Bible each day so you can drink in that truth. Maybe it looks like studying the character of Jesus so you can follow those attributes. I'm not sure. But, but what, I, what I think God is offering to you today is peace, is a place to look towards, a person to look towards, Jesus, so that you can find this stability in a world that can often feel chaotic and out of our control. And he's saying, come back to me. Come find intimacy with father son and holy spirit once again come in we we've got a place for you we want to welcome you here and maybe you find rhythms of prayer really difficult maybe you find it hard to start your day with prayer well good news there's a prayer week starting tomorrow with devotions at seven o'clock and i, I think they stay online afterwards right so um Even if you're still in bed listening to the Today Show on Radio 4, you can tune in a little bit later on. And just start putting those rhythms of prayer into your life. We have an opportunity to draw closer to God right now. Um, And Emma and the band, if you want to come back up, we're, we're just going to listen as Emma sings a declaratory song about Jesus being the way... The truth and the life. And I, I just want you to, to like, give it a huge amen in your hearts as she sings, to, to really respond in faith that actually what Jesus offers is a way. It is truth. It is life to the full. It's stability. It's his sovereignty. It's his goodness. It's his sufficiency. He is enough is enough for you I just actually I just felt the spirit, as I said that I just felt the spirit say to, to one or two of you here I am enough because you're, you're actually thinking no it's not enough I need, I need this one thing to happen as well and I just feel like God really wants to just pause on this one phrase God is enough God is enough for you And if your heart's rebelling against that right now, just just call out to God. Say, God, help me see that you are enough. Let's just just look to Jesus now. Let's look up. Let's look up out of our tiredness, out of our anxiety, our uncertainty about what the future holds. Let's look up to, to Jesus and who he is. And this incredible claim that he makes about himself we know that he is truth because he lived it out he lived out every word of what he said and he died to show us the love that he taught and he rose again to show that he is powerful enough so let's look up to Jesus Let's see that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life.